One thing that's interesting about school politics in South Orange Maplewood, there are a lot of people who are really, really committed. And pretty much each and every one of them has a different take on the nature of our problems. When I told people I was making this podcast about racism and inequity in SOMSD, so many of them told me I should talk to a man named Steve Latz. Locally, he's kind of famous. Most people know him as the guy who drops encyclopedic knowledge about the Board of Ed during Facebook fights. I sent him an email gauging his interest in the project, and within three hours, he agreed. But first, I had to get through the lengthy reading list he gave me. After a series of phone calls, Steve and I finally sat down to talk on the record. I was wringing my hands, though he couldn't see that over the phone. I was really itching to figure out, who is this Steve? This is Steve Latz. Hello, everybody. Steve, as it turns out, is an SOMSD veteran. I've lived in Maplewood since 1989. We moved out from the city, from Brooklyn, primarily to make it easier to find a parking spot. (laughs) Steve works for a tech company, and his kids are adults now, but his district involvement goes way back. I ran for the board and was elected in 1997 and served three terms until the spring of 2006. Steve was on the Board of Education for 10 years. I wanted to know why he got so involved in politics here. What was weird was that Steve moved to Maplewood with the promise of a less political life. And I managed to keep that promise for about five years until our younger son started kindergarten at Seth Boyden, and there were immediately problems. The first thing he noticed was that Seth Boyden Elementary School seemed crowded. There were about 26 kids in the class. The class was larger than class size maximums allowed. On top of that, The teacher quit a month before school started. And they ended up pulling a first grade teacher who'd never before taught kindergarten down to teach the class. This turnover didn't stop. After the first month, the teacher changed again, and we had three kindergarten teachers in the course of the first semester. Problems like overcrowding and changing teachers were annoying and worrying, but not catastrophic when they were only in Steve's son's classroom. But he started to get more concerned when he zoomed out. As I began to look at the school district as a whole, we realized that the problems we encountered in one kindergarten class were part of a much larger set of problems that the district was grappling with. To get to the heart of the matter, Steve started to go deep into our district's history. Before long, I realized that this was the reason everyone told me to talk to him. There hasn't been a book published on the contemporary history of South Orange Maplewood schools, but Steve might as well have been reading me one. Beginning in the late 80s, early 90s, Seth Boyden was so empty that there was talk of closing the school. This didn't last long, though. Then there was a huge increase in the enrollment. I asked him why this was. Throughout my time in the district, enrollment was pretty much consistent. 
a lot of families moving in from Newark and Irvington and East Orange to try to get their kids the benefit of a good education in our school system. Maplewood and South Orange border Irvington and East Orange. You can get from Seth Boyden to downtown Newark in 15 minutes. According to Steve, this proximity, coupled with the shift from selling homes to renting them, led many families to come here. Another thing that shifted? The number of students on free and reduced lunch more than doubled from 7 to 8% in the early 90s to over 20% by 1998. Guess where most of these students lived? Hint, it's not Maplewood or Maplegood. Most of the students and families new to the district were people of color and immigrants. The district's reaction to them says a lot. The teaching staff approached them as poor students with a lack of educational ability and a district leadership that didn't really perceive any of this. Or, I wonder... What if they perceived it and just didn't do anything about it? What if they knew exactly what was happening to these new students, the racism and discrimination they were facing, and consciously ignored it? It certainly wouldn't be the first time or the last based on my time at Seth Boyden, because it wasn't just the school staff. Steve zoomed out of the Seth Boyden bubble. Many people in town thought that this utterly mundane fact of demographics was evidence of some plot by parents from Newark and Irvington to sneak their kids into our school district. And those kids were referred to as illegal students. To clarify, There was no plot. People weren't doing that. But my eyes were wide as Steve told me this. No one in Maplewood, South Orange, would dare say illegal students now, or at least out loud. But maybe Maplehood is just a replacement, a more socially acceptable colloquialism for what racist Soma residents have been saying since the 80s and 90s. The energy behind the terms feels eerily similar. Steve had me hooked. I wanted to know what happened with Seth Boyden, the school that I attended and loved for six years. How did they fix the overcrowding? Did they fix it? Steve's story about Seth Boyden gave me really important context about our district now. He told me that while the school was bursting at the seams in 1994, Jefferson School had 10 empty classrooms. Jefferson is only 10 minutes away from Seth Boyden, but it's up in Maple Good surrounded by white families and bigger houses. This imbalance infuriated Steve, but his anger didn't stop him from trying to resolve it. He got to work. A set of about 10 families worth of parents started meeting. They went to a Board of Ed meeting in the old stone building on Academy Street, begging the board to do something about both the overcrowding and the lack of racial integration they saw at Seth Boyden. And the board, of course, didn't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole because there was huge resistance from all parents at any sort of change to elementary enrollment zones. But why didn't they want enrollment zones to change? Did they ever admit that? Steve told me what he heard from some of these parents. 
there were the code words with some people claiming that, you know, we wouldn't mind those kids coming to our school, but it's just the cost of busing, the cost of busing. They almost chanted the cost of busing. White Soma residents realized in the 1990s that they didn't have to reject integration and face community judgments to get their kids to stay in segregated schools. All they had to do was say that buses, which were necessary for this integration, were just too expensive. Steve reminded me of something important about SOMSD and busing. But of course, it had been happening in our district between Marshall and Jefferson since 1982-83. Back then, advocates convinced the board to join two elementary schools, Marshall, predominantly black, and Jefferson, predominantly white that were located on opposite ends of South Orange and Maplewood. Their proposal, which made Marshall take all kindergarten through second graders from the two schools, and Jefferson the third through fifth graders, was made possible by district-sponsored buses. It's cases like these where I'm reminded that SOMSD is really just a microcosm of America as a whole, people denying a reality in front of them most often a reality that reeks of injustice. But I still didn't have my answer. If the Board of Ed members were so focused on the cost of busing, what did Steve and the Seth Boyden parents do instead? Did their classrooms decrease in size? According to Steve, they managed to get action from the superintendent, Dr. Ralph Lieber. Dr. Lieber just managed to find 40 people who were, I think, highly representative of the range of political opinion in town, some pretty racist people, and a lot of progressives. The group, which Steve called the Space Committee, was supposed to meet for three weeks to tackle overcrowding at Seth Boyden. They met for four months. The group came back with six possible solutions to the problems of segregation and overcrowding, many of which were a lot like the school combination plan that formed Jefferson and Marshall. Their solution seemed plausible to me, but I was confused. If this committee came up with so many ideas, why did I attend a Seth Boyden that wasn't split? This became a little clearer when Steve told me about the Space Committee's first move after deliberations. They published their ideas in the community before presenting them to the board. This led to a firestorm of reaction, and I use the word firestorm with the intent. It, it was very, very angry. That's not all that different from Board of Ed meetings I've seen in my time here. Before the board could do anything with the report, the Space Committee held community meetings to mitigate the controversy. These were attended by several hundred up to a thousand people each time. And these were stormy and frightening meetings. Lots and lots of parents speaking against with lots of frightening things being said, very ugly things. The racism was was pretty open. I asked Steve what he meant by open. A white parent from Jefferson actually slugged a black parent from Seth Boyden. Being at these meetings as advocates of Seth Boyden was, was physically pretty frightening. I'm sure a lot of listeners might be thinking, well, I would have been on Steve's side if I were there. I would have been standing with the Seth Boyden parents against the racist parents. My question is, would you really? What are you doing now? To 
be an advocate of Seth Boyden is kind of a code word, too. Back in 1996, to advocate for black children and against racism was vehemently opposed by the majority of the South Orange Maplewood community. Steve and the Seth Boyden parents finally came up with a new plan, different from the full integration the Space Committee originally proposed. But it wasn't really aimed at improving racial balance at Seth Boyden. It was aimed primarily at reducing the really serious overcrowding. You might be wondering, what was this plan? The Seth Boyden fourth grade would be bused to Jefferson. Just the fourth grade and just Seth Boyden students. Getting on a bus every single day to be with other Seth Boyden fourth graders in those empty classrooms at Jefferson. Fourth grade was my favorite year at Seth Boyden, and the thought of that made me so sad. I think I would have hated it, but what kid wouldn't have? It wasn't quite like busing into South Boston in the 1970s, where there were, you know, rocks thrown and physical attacks against kids getting off the buses, but it was a pretty hostile reception, and it was pretty clear who all the kids were because they came over on a bus. And of course, many of them were students of color and there were very few students of color at Jefferson at the time. Mostly black students walking into a school of mostly white students. Is this anything like what Shri told me about being the only black kid in her AP classes? How would that have affected nine and 10 year olds? What if it permanently altered their sense of belonging in this school district? They weren't just isolated from the Jefferson students, either. The Jefferson staff was also not pleased with their arrival. The attitude was, well, the district is forcing us to do this, but we don't have to like it, and anything that goes wrong is not our fault. They might have felt upset that this was imposed from the top down, that they didn't have a say in it. But it's more likely that they were just racist and didn't want to pop the white Jefferson bubble. It's safe to say that the fourth grade experiment didn't turn out very well. It barely lasted a few years before Seth Boyden 10-year-olds returned to learning at Seth Boyden, ending their bus journey across town, from Maple Hood, through Maple Wood, into Maple Good. Steve had one final piece of advice about the experience. This should be a lesson to anybody, any district leader, implementing a redistricting. It turns out that the rules for Foursquare at Jefferson were very different than the rules for Foursquare at Seth Boyden. The Space Committee failed to resolve this recess dispute, and it also failed to bring about equity in our school district. But, like Steve said earlier, that was never really its intention. This whole debacle inspired Steve to run for the board in 1997. Mr. Stephen Latz from Maplewood is the next speaker. I thank you for the opportunity to speak. I'm a former nine-year member of the South Orange Maplewood Board of Education for the last three years, uh, chair of its finance committee, a member of the school board state finance committee and various other advocacy organizations. His first project as a board member was reforming Seth Boyden and tackling segregation within the district. Over the next six or seven years, advocates and board members worked with a woman named Marilyn Davenport to turn Seth Boyden into Seth Boyden Demonstration School. That's what it was called when I got there in 2004. The school implemented the theory of multiple intelligences, which was supposed to help us redefine our understanding of what a smart child looks like. Another reason for this major overhaul? 
bringing more white families into the school. The Board of Education redefined the zoning areas for both Seth Boyden and Tuscan Elementary School. The Hilton area, which had been part of the Seth Boyden zone, was to be redistricted to Tuscan. This brought more students of color to Tuscan, a predominantly white elementary school in Maplewood, and left open spots that proponents of Seth Boyden hoped to fill with opt-in families from other areas of the district. According to Steve, having families opt in to Seth Boyden was a very intentional choice. It was all voluntary so that nobody could claim their kids were being forced to go to Seth Boyden. This is what my parents did. I live in the Tuscan school zone, but the teachers at my preschool told my parents and others that Seth Boyden Demonstration School was the place to be. So in 2004, when I started kindergarten, they opted me in. And I spent six years busing from Tuscan, down Prospect Street, across Springfield Avenue, and on to Boyden. My experience at Seth Boyden was wonderful, but I was young and maybe couldn't discern its flaws. And I'm also white. The racism and concrete discriminatory practices that continuously hurt my black peers, like leveling and disproportionate punishments, didn't affect me. At the time, though, Seth Boyden, the demonstration school, felt like a major success in comparison to the fourth grade Jefferson switch. But to this day, Seth Boyden is the only demonstration school in the district. This made me curious, so I asked Steve. Why didn't they implement that same educational philosophy in other schools across the district? Remember, there was no wholesale change of the staff at any of these schools. And people are very skeptical and cynical about educational reformers. With no change in leadership, especially in a leadership resistant to equity and reform, and frankly, a racist leadership, it's no wonder Seth Boyden was the only demonstration school. Steve added one more important factor that stopped the spread of the demonstration school movement in our district. Budget. It was the factor that the percentage of the district budget funded by state aid went from a high of, of like 21% of the budget down to about 7 to 8% of the budget. The district was busy figuring out how it would pay the teachers and support the schools it already had, unable to even think about configuring new ones. As Steve told me this, I wasn't shocked. Budget is still an issue in SOMSD today, over 20 years later. So is school and district leadership. So are racist parents. And so is inequity in general. I had come to Steve to see if I could find an answer about where our district went wrong in fighting for equity, to explain how it is that people like him have been fighting since the 1980s and 90s, and we are still so segregated. I hung up the phone after talking to Steve for so many hours in the heat of July, feeling defeated. The answer that I was pretty naively looking for wasn't going to be easy to pin down. One thing did become clear in my conversations with him. Steve knows all of these things because he was there. He wasn't in charge of making Seth Boyd in a demonstration school, but he helped propel it in that direction. He helped de-level the sixth grade back in 2006. He's one of the few non-educators from that era of reform still involved in the community today. Let me be clear, though. Not everyone agrees with Steve. 
from my vantage point, the board operates in somewhat of a comfort zone mentality. For me personally, it became clear that the liberal town we lived in really wasn't focused on the plight of black children in the school district. are infinite. So, while Steve's stories brought to light a past I never understood before, I also knew I had to hear other voices and their stories about the present. Next time on Together Unequal, we'll hear from some of those voices. They might make you think twice about Seth Boyden, about the board, or about the district in general. You'll discover just how important and how different they truly are. Graphics were designed by David Dizdari. Thank you to Steve Latz for sharing your stories. Special thanks to my incredible advisor and podcaster, Chenjirai Kumanyika, as well as my IWL advisor, Sasha Tanair, and my community mentors, Nancy Solomon and Rachel Fisher. 